0: Darkcast Network. Welcome to the dark side of podcasts. The files are located on the second floor, at the end of a long hallway. The fluorescent lights above flicker on and off. Open the door on the right. In the bottom drawer of a file cabinet, There it is, a folder labeled with three words that are poured onto stories stories of history, stories of people, stories of death. I'm Luke Poling, and this is Famous Last Words. You've no doubt heard of the Salem Witch Trials, the trials which were conducted in the late 1600s in Salem, Massachusetts. And while all of the stories of those executed are sad and tragic, perhaps none are sadder and more tragic than that of Sarah Good. Good was born in Wenham, Massachusetts in 1653. Her father was a wealthy and successful tavern owner. However, when Sarah was just 16, her father committed suicide, throwing the family into disarray. Sarah's mother quickly remarried and her father's entire estate went to her stepfather. Sarah, one of nine children, received nothing. Sarah soon married Daniel Poole, hoping to start a family of her own and a new life. However, her husband was an indentured servant and when he died shortly after their wedding, The only thing she inherited were his debts. The new couple, with two young children by their sides, found themselves broke and homeless. The only choice Sarah had was to beg for money and food. The family weren't even allowed to attend church because they couldn't buy nice enough clothes to be allowed into the building. Having to live outside didn't do much for Sarah's complexion either. She was described as looking like a 70-year-old when she was only in her 30s. Given this run of bad luck that she encountered again and again, and where she ended up at such a young age, is it any shock that the townspeople describe Sarah as being in a perpetual bad mood? How could she not be? Shortly thereafter, two local girls, Betty Paris and Abigail Williams, began having fits, shaking uncontrollably as their eyes rolled back into their heads. The two were examined by Dr. Williams Griggs, who after he could find no reasonable explanation for their behavior, deduced that the girls must have been, quote, under an evil hand. Sarah Good and two other women were arrested and charged with the practicing of witchcraft on Betty and Abigail. Sarah's trial began on March twenty-fifth, 1692. Traveling from jail to court every day was difficult for Sarah because she was pregnant at the time. She gave birth while imprisoned and the child died shortly thereafter because of the poor condition of Sarah's cell. Sarah was the first of the three to be brought to trial because it was believed that someone as poor as she was wouldn't have many people to defend her, thus making her the easiest to execute. The charges against Sarah were flimsy. One of the girls said Sarah had stabbed her, showing part of the knife that broke off in the attack. However, when a man in the audience was able to produce the other half of the knife, saying he saw the witness break it in half just before court that morning, you might be forgiven for assuming that the charges would be dismissed. They weren't. The accuser was scolded by the judge for telling falsehoods, but the rest of her testimony was presented with very few questions about its veracity. Even Sarah's husband and daughter took the stand against her. Her four-year-old daughter, Dorothy, said that her mother had a snake that she used to suck her blood. Immediately following the trial, Dorothy herself was accused of witchcraft and remained imprisoned for nine more months at the Salem Jail, which left her mentally damaged for the rest of her life. On June 29th, the verdict was read aloud in the courtroom. Guilty on all counts. On June 16th, less than one month later, Sarah and four other women were led to Proctor's Ledge. Nooses were placed around their necks. The Reverend Nicholas Noyes tried again to get the women to confess to the charges, and the other three women did, in a fruitless effort to spare their lives. But Sarah remained silent. By the end of the year and a half of hysteria in Salem, 19 were hanged, five died in jail, and one was pressed to death by stones after he refused to even answer the charges levied against him. As she stood on the gallows, her fate clearly already sealed, Sarah called out, You're a liar. I'm no more a witch than you are a wizard. If you take my life away, God will give you blood to drink. Sarah's words ring out through the ages, partially because when Reverend Noyes died 25 years later, it was from an internal hemorrhage, but partially because the death of so many innocent people, people who died because of panic, because of a mob mentality taking over, and because of fear. Famous Last Words is a production of the Professional Production Company. It is written and narrated by Luke Poling. That's me. It is produced by Heidi Headquist and myself. Our assistant producer is Sabrina Thompson. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook under Famous Last Words Pod. And on our website, you can find full transcripts, credits, and much more, FamousLastWordsPod.com. Cast Network. The light shines brightest on our indie podcasts. Welcome to Creepy Tappas, where we do the opposite of deep dives and bring you tiny tastes of terror connected by a common ingredient. True stories to haunt and chill you and the pop culture they inspired. Or at least the movies and books that remind us of them. Join us as we descend into darkness. Beginning with the lighter side of our weekly topic. And wrapping with a full dark no stars account of terror, madness, murder, and more. It's Creepy Tapas, y'all. <laughs>